You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Brother Dennis Morris. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Well, this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing with, with all of you. Um, we're going to go 25, 28 minutes today, and I'm going to talk about um, what the elders asked me to speak on, Ephesians chapter 5. Now, I want to do the first 20 verses. I want to let somebody else start with verse 21, deal with marriage in the future. We'll let, we'll let somebody else handle, handle, handle those, those issues. Um, so, so today, we're going to talk about how to, as, as a man or woman, how to flourish in life. And we're going to talk specifically how to flourish in contemplation with God. We're going to talk, number two, how to flourish as a child of God. Number three, how to flourish as a person of love. Number four, how to flourish by allowing light to invade our darkness. And then number five, we're going to talk about how to flourish by being filled with the Spirit. Now before I do all that, and that's going to be pretty dense, and I'm going to go pretty fast, and you may want to just relax, because if, if, it, if it appeals to you, you can re-listen to it again, let, let the Word of God and let the words that the Holy Spirit is going to speak through me just wash over you. That's, that's fine. But first of all, I want to step back and let you know a little bit about me. Um, my name is Dennis. Hello. Um, six, 64 years old, about ready to go into retirement. Um, my wife and I are semi-retired, moving more to a role of coaching. My wife and I were turning our uh, company over to our five children, specifically at the leadership of our two sons, and we're excited about that. I'm aging. I'm trying to figure out what it means to go through my 60s and be healthy and keep strong knees and strong shoulders and arms and, and, the, and things of that nature. I, I'm struggling with developing good friendships solid friendships with men my age, and I look forward to, to doing that. As a matter of fact, next year, I plan on doing a lot of traveling to other cities to meet other business owners in our industry who are Christian men, so I can develop a camaraderie with them and, and learn from them. My wife and I, we've been married. We'll celebrate our 25th anniversary in April. Uh, we've had some rocky times. Is there an amen with that? Okay. <laughs> But I think we're on a good place now. I think, we're, I think we're solid now. Are we solid now, sweetie? We're solid now. We've, we've come through uh, some, some difficult, challenging things. And, and you know what? I'm just working every day to overcome the darkness in my soul. I just am. The, the temptations, the things that, that threaten me as a, um, a man and to be whole and to be healthy, to think right, to think emotionally. We have... Ten adult children that, that we deeply love. We have 16 grandchildren that we deeply love. We have one grandchild in law that we deeply love. And we want to announce to everybody that our uh, lovely uh, granddaughter and grandson in law, um, they're to give us our first great grandchild here in February. So we have a big family. So Brenda and I were moving to Florida. And, uh, and, and 
And so, uh, so that's a little bit about me personally. Let me step back and share with you a, a little bit about some things that's been happening in my life for the last four or five years. Um, about, about four years ago, it hit me that there was a couple conversations going on in our country in the church world. Okay? One of the conversations had to do with church structure. The other conversation had to do with spiritual formation. And I just did not feel like I was in tune with what was going on there. And so I intentionally disconnected uh, from Elevation so that I could connect so many other places to discover. And I learned a whole bunch of stuff about house churches. I learned a lot about, about large churches that have, have uh, several campuses. I studied a church in Seoul, Korea that's got 450,000 members. I just wanted to learn. I wanted to, I wanted to step back and say, God, what are you doing? And you know the good news is? God's using everything. <laughs> it, it, really, it really is it's really cool how, he, how he's, just, he's just moving through the hearts of the people that will allow him to be who he is in their life. And that's been exciting to watch. But in a greater sense, the second conversation, even more important to me, was the conversation about mental health, spiritual formation, how to flourish in life. And I was just very burdened by um, so many pastor friends of mine that were getting, that were burned out. Um, And that saddened me. The, the level of depression, over 40% of men in a particular survey, this was Brian Tome's last podcast, he talked about this, struggle with some sort of depression in their life. Over 70% of men have dealt with mental issues in the last two months. That, that, and that, that concerned me. It concerned me about um, the lack of true spiritual leadership, men and women who are truly moved by the Spirit of God. And, and I'm talking about myself, and I wanted to press in it, and I wanted to find out what, what is this thing all about? What is Christianity? I mean, I know, I know that about the redemption part, but how does the Holy Spirit move through men and women to reveal Himself to the world? And so I started doing a lot of study and, and anticipation of trying to discover what is the Holy Spirit doing? And I think I've discovered a few things. And I'm going to share that in Acts, excuse me, I'm going to share that in Ephesians chapter 5. But before I do that, I want to say this. I want to introduce you to a word, and that word is contemplation. So contemplation is when you have a set aside a time whether it be in nature or in your living room, however you do it, where you focus your thoughts, you focus your reflections, you focus your heart towards an object, whatever that is. In our case, it's God. And we stay in that posture, in that position in life until that which we see as a mental image becomes an experience in our life. And i got to be honest with you, I became a Christian November 7th, 1971. I'm 52 years old. And, and I, I started hungering four or five years ago for true, true spirituality in my own life, a true sense of connection, that abiding relationship, something that was far beyond studying the Bible or having my petition prayer list or even my intercession prayer. 
And I started focusing on this concept of contemplation, what it means to still myself and to focus intently on the person of God. If you would, open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5, and then I'm going to say a prayer, and we're going to jump in to some things I think will be an encouragement for you. Okay, God, we just love you. We think that you are absolutely wonderful, and um, we just want to know you more. <laughs> we, we just want to enjoy your presence. We want to be moved by you. We want to be people who are free, people who are moved by you, people who've got a heart that's explosive and open and filled with passion and joy and zeal, not only towards you, but towards people and towards life. We want to be healthy, God. And so, Lord, I ask that you um, use these next few minutes as we jump into Ephesians chapter 5 um, to teach us how to flourish in you as men and women. And your wonderful, wonderful name, Jesus, your precious name, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. So, so let's rewind back to Ephesians chapter 1, okay? Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says that God has already blessed you in the heavenly realms with every single spiritual blessing. Do you know what? There's no spiritual blessing that God can give you that he hasn't already given you. It's already there. You can spend the rest of your life and think just on that one truth, never move beyond that one truth, and you will grow if you allow yourself to press into that truth. But he doesn't stop there. He takes you to another truth. He says that he has chosen you. Now think about this. This is the God of all creation that we're going to talk about in a minute. It says that in Christ, he chose you. Well, why did he choose you? You know what it says? It says it was his good pleasure. He just said, I want to do this. I choose Dennis. I did this. You were born in 1959. I knew that from the beginning of time. I knew who your father was going to be. I knew who your mother was going to be. I knew what level of education you were going to get. I knew the, the, the troubles, the struggles, the darkness in your soul. But I have chosen you in Christ from the beginning of time. You know what? You can spend the rest of your life focusing only on that. And some really cool things are going to happen. But he doesn't stop there. He then says, I'm going to put the Holy Spirit in you, Dennis. And by the way, you know that your soul wasn't born again, right? And you know your body wasn't born again. Your spirit was born again. That's when the Holy Spirit and your spirit became one. You with me? And he said, that spirit inside of your spirit that was born again is your inheritance that you're mine for all of eternity. That's cool. You can spend, you know what? You can spend the rest of your life just thinking on that one thing, but he doesn't stop there. Then he goes to Ephesians chapter 2. And he says, you know what, Dennis? I'm going to make you alive. Wow. 
I'm going to put my Zoe life, the life of God, inside you. And I'm going to make you, Dennis, alive. And you're going to thrive in life. Press into the life that I've given you. I mean, as a matter of fact, before you were even born, I'm going to make you alive. And then he goes, he doesn't even stop there. He says, you know what? There's nothing you can do. This is all going to be a free gift that when you, by faith, accept this free gift, I'm going to make you my child. It's all free. Free, guys. Everybody says nothing's free in this world. The sacrifice of Jesus is free for those who would open their heart. To that. And then in verse 6, I don't get this. I don't understand this all. He says, you know what? I'm going to seat you in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Do you know you're going someplace where you already are? You're already there. See, the whole process of spiritual growth is you becoming your position become, or your condition becoming your position. Your position is you're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. That's where you're at. That's where my spirit is, as well as being within my body. That's where the Holy Spirit is, as well as being inside my body. And he says, that's where you're seated, Dennis. And then, I, oh, I forgot to tell you this. At the end of Ephesians chapter 1, this is crazy. He says, I pray that your heart will be flooded with my light. Wow. Wow. Well, we got to move on because I can see. Then we go to Ephesians chapter 3. And then he says, you know, this love of mine, Dennis, that I have for you, this this love that that I I want you, Dennis, to know the width and the height, the depth. I want you to know everything about this love. But, But guess what, Dennis? It surpasses knowledge. What do you do with that? He says, I want you to know something you can't know. Except by revelation. See, that's where contemplation comes in. Because you can know that by connecting to the person of God. So he says, I want, I want you to know. And then he goes to Ephesians chapter 4. And he talks about that fivefold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he says, well, why? Dennis, I would put these people in the body of Christ for the purpose of helping people come to know all the things I just talked about. <laughs> to guide, to, to guard the flock, to guide me into the personal revelation of God. And then we come to Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 1, and I'm telling you, I don't know what to do with this scripture. Maybe you can help me look at this. Does that say imitate God? Does that say, is that what it says in your Bible? <laughs> what do you want to do with that? It says imitate God in everything you do. Okay, let's step back. Who is God? Let's contemplate God for a minute, all right? God is the creator of all things. You know that the universe is expanding 40 miles per second in all directions into space that he created? 
Do you know that he holds the molecules together in your body? Do you know that he is the creator of all things? That's God. Imitate. <laughs> Do you know that God is all-knowing? He knows everything about you. He knows the dark parts of your soul. He knows every sin you've ever committed, everything you're ever going to do wrong. He knows every good deed you've done, every good thing you'll do in the future. He knows everything about you. Everything. Do you know that God is filled with love? Do you know that God doesn't just love, that God is love? That he exudes love, that everywhere he goes is love. You guys have seen the picture of the, the atomic uh, or nuclear blast where that, it, it billows up and goes, everybody see that? Well, that's what God's doing. That's what God's love is doing all the time around you. It's building up, it's exploding all around you if you'd open up your heart to it because God is love. Everything he does, God is joy, God is peace, God is justice. People ask me all the time, how could a perfect God da-da-da-da-da? I say, because he's perfectly just. And he's perfectly loved. And he has the right to balance everything. And every decision God makes about my life is perfect. Yes. And it's right. And it's good. Do you know that God, he's present everywhere? Isn't there a time you want to hide from God? Like, oh, I hope he didn't see that. <laughs> he did. Not only did he see it, but he knew it before it even happened. That's your God. He's present everywhere. And he's saying, don't, don't be ashamed. Open up your heart. Let me know who you are. Do you know if you still yourself? And contemplate God. Focus your thoughts. Focus your reflection about God. Just still yourself. Just still yourself and focus on all these beautiful things and, and many more things. I mean, God's like a box of 64 crayons, 64 colors. But you can add one color and another color and you get another color. You can have four different crayons and have a different color. God is so multifaceted. It's that you can focus your whole life and contemplate on God. And there's something that's going to happen to me when I do that. I'm going to draw near to him. You see, I can't Bible study my way into knowing God. I can't prayerless my way into knowing God. I have to still myself and press my heart and my mind and my focus on the person of God. And then when I do that, I now have a chance to imitate. And let me share with you the concept of imitating God. By the way, I, I didn't say that. He did. <laughs> For what it's worth, okay? Um, I think more in terms of once I'm contemplating and I'm, I feel the closeness of God, it's allowing God to live his life through me. See, that's what John 15 talks about. It talks about abiding. See, I can't live a life of love 
But God can live a life of love through me. I can't live a life of peace through turmoil. But God can live a life of peace through me. I cannot have joy the way the Father wants me to have joy. But God can have that joy through me if I still myself and allow him to be who he is through me. So if you want to flourish in life, and it's, going to be, it's your choice, you can flourish in life if you would still yourself just five to seven minutes a day and contemplate on the person of God as revealed in the scriptures. How are you doing with that? Is that okay? That sound pretty cool? Yeah. It can be. It can be. By the way, how many people have a good marriage by never contemplating your spouse? Somewhere you got to stop, throw the marriage manual away, and contemplate that woman or that man and who that person is, and open yourself up to the beauty of that person and how God created that person to be. And in doing so, you can learn how to really come close to that person. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, it's same concept. So if you want to flourish, contemplate God. But look, then it says, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. So second thing, we can flourish or will flourish in life if we contemplate what it means to be a child of God. Now let's talk about that. I want to move beyond our earthly fathers. And I know there's a, there's a school of thinking, and I know we've been influenced by that, and, and that's fine. Work through whatever you have to work through. But somewhere we have to move beyond that and to seeing the God that I just talked about as my Abba, as my daddy that loves me, who has made me complete in Christ who has filled me with his life, who has made me alive, who has seated me in the heavenly realms at the right hand, at his right hand. Somewhere I've got to come to a place where I allow myself to be his son. Or to, if, if you're a woman, to be his daughter. And that's so beautiful. It's so beautiful if you would just let yourself go there. If you would contemplate what it means to be a son and a daughter of God. And to let him pour his life into you. And to know you're eternally secure. To know that you're fully his to know that you're deeply loved and to know that there's nothing you can do to break that love because he knows everything you've already done and everything you will do. He already knows that. But there's something beautiful when you allow yourself to contemplate being a son. But then he goes on. Okay, look at, look at these next six words. Live a life. I'm sorry, go ahead. thank you, Brent. Live a life filled with love. I don't know what political persuasion you are, but I can't believe those people on that other team. I, I, what, what are they coming to? I don't know what kind of... I was raised in a very racist culture, and I had to overcome all that in my teen years when I gave my heart to the Lord because he, he called me to love all races. I don't know what your journey was, 
but how to embrace all races, how to embrace all people, all personalities. Man, you got some personalities that you like. I bet you got some personalities that you don't like. There's a guy here named Mike Brewer. I got to tell you, I love his personality. The guy is vibrant, filled with energy, filled with life. Uh, he, he uh, by God's grace, he is, he's, the last several years, he's worked as one of our team members at our company. And I would call him the chief culture officer because he brings life and God's love everywhere he goes. And he does it through laughter and he does it through joy. But what about, what about the people you differ with? I heard an incredible Incredible thought, and that is this. You know you love somebody when you're willing to defend somebody that you disagree with, but you're willing to defend that person to the person you agree with. You you get me? So can we change, talk to the elders about this, see if we can change this passage. Live a life with the people you want to love. Live a life filled with love. You know how you can do that? Because you've stilled yourself and you've contemplated on the God of love and the God who is in all and through all. And then you've contemplated and you've come to a place of sonship. And out of the overflow of that sonship and out of the overflow of closeness to God comes his love, able because it's who he is, able to flow through you to people different from you. Do you know what? I long, and and this is going to happen in my life, I want to be a part of a group of people who are atheists, people who are on both sides of the political spectrum, people who are believers, people who are Jewish, people who are this, people who are that of all different races, and I want us to get together and practice loving one another. Just just practice loving one another and being able to converse and talk about our differences in the spirit of gentleness and kindness and humility and opening up our heart to one another. You know what? I don't want to be around people just like me. I probably need counseling for that statement. Why don't I want to be around people like me? I want to be around people like me, but not just like me. I want for God to bring people into my life that I have to allow his love to flow through me. See, my, with my family, my friends, love just flows naturally, it doesn't it? Okay? But I want people in my life that I have to be something different to allow love to flow from me. But he says, he says, live a life. I think we can flourish in life, number one, if we contemplate God. Number two, if we contemplate what it means to be his child. And number three, if we contemplate what it means to live a life of love. You with me so far? Are we okay? We got a few more? Can we go a few more minutes? And then I'll close this down. Well, he says, live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Okay. All right. What's he saying now? He's saying, Dennis, you got to sacrifice a little bit. You got to sacrifice your arrogance, your ego, what you believe is right. And you got to humble yourself and serve people. 
So let's go to the fifth, the fourth thing about flourishing. Let's go to the next set of scriptures, Brent. This is where, um, uh, how, how can I say this? This is where it, it, all the rest is really challenging, but I want to put a different, I want you to give a, a different understanding. It says, let there be no sexual immorality. That's good. Do I have an amen? Amen. That's, that's good. No impurity and no greed among you. Such sins have no place amongst God's people. Amen. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Now, let me stop. In chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we are the workmanship of God. We are God's art to the world. Do you know what sin does to your life? It just stops God from being God in you. It stops you from flourishing. Think, think about in, in the East, the, the East first, in the West, we think about art as a canvas that we create. But in the Eastern culture, they think about a stone that's being sculpted, and they think about removing pieces of that stone so that the art can come out. I'm convinced that the reason why sin is such a devastating thing in our lives is because it stops us from being fully us in God. It stops us from flourishing. I mean, I don't want any more, I don't want any more shame. I don't want any more guilt. I don't want any more secrets. I don't want any more of the hidden kinds of things. I want to live life in fullness, and I want to live life freely. I want to live life in front of people. I want to live fully alive. And see, this darkness that invades us, and we live in a culture filled with darkness trying to invade us, it just stops us from being fully gods and stops us from being fully what God has created us to be, and we can't flourish. Now it goes on and says, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Now, you know, Brendan and I, we were talking about, he is not saying that you, he's talking about the people in verse 5 that doesn't know Christ, and he's, he's, he's making a comparison between darkness and light. And if you go to the next slide, Brent, you're going to see this. He said, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. Now watch this. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. Now, now let me explain something to you. Your spirit was dead to God, and then you were born again, and then your spirit became alive to God. But guess what is still filled in darkness? Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your dreams, your imagination, your desires. That is still filled with darkness. And the the whole point of spiritual growth is to allow the light that's within your spirit to invade your soul. Everybody okay with that? That's why Paul says the things I should do, I'm not doing the things I shouldn't be doing, I'm doing. 
All right? Because he is still in the process of maturation, the process of allowing the light in his spirit to flood the light of his soul. It says, so live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So the fourth way we flourish is we let the light of God overwhelm our dark spots. You, you okay with that? So, how do I become sexually pure? I press into the God of purity <laughs> and I let him live his purity through me. How do I become unselfish? I press into the God who is all generosity, who gives fully to me and I let him live a life of generosity through me. I let him live his life of giving and, 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 uh, and, and, and serving people through me. I'm living as a child of light. And then he says, look at this in the last verse 9. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So the fourth thing is we will flourish if we press in to God. Contemplate God's light and let that light overcome my darkness. I'm telling you right now. You're not going to overcome darkness on your own. We live in a foul world. Well, I mean, God said the whole world is under the control of the evil one. So there's nothing new there, you know. And, we, and we're parachuted in this dark world as being light. That's why in Matthew 5, 16, it says, let your light so shine. That's why Jesus said in John 8, 12, I'm the light of the world. Because that light, as it shines through us, people see something different in us. They don't see darkness, but they see God's light. But I cannot overcome these things. Only God can overcome them as I contemplate him. So let's go to the next slide and move on. Does that make sense, everybody? Yes. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. May, may I say this is, this is, this is fascinating me. This concept of pleasing the Lord fascinates me because... because because it says that I can do something. Now, please hear this. I can do something that can actually bring pleasure to the heart of God. I've told this story many times. When I go into to it, it's just something I have to do. When I go into a restaurant and I use the men's room and there's trash all around the garbage can, I just have to pick it up. And guess what? When I pick it up, I say, Father, I want to bring pleasure to you by humbling myself, by picking up this trash and throwing it away. By the way, I wash my hands afterwards. Okay? Okay? But I do that as a gift to the Father. And I'm fascinated the thought that I have the ability to, to please Him. It says, no, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It's shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. And you know how you, sh how, you, know how you shine the light on people? Just by being in God in their presence with love. I don't have to judge them. I don't have to speak a word of truth to them. I just got to be in God, in love, in light in their presence, and that exposes it. For the light, in verse 14, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. 
Let's go to the next slide. I want, I just, one last thing I want to say. I want to be done because I don't want to outlive how much you can listen to. Uh, I don't want to make you tired of me, okay? I'm still dealing with my insecurity issues. But anyway, that's a different thing, okay? So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now watch this. This is the last thing that we can flourish in. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will do what? Ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The way we are filled with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is in you. You cannot get any more of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit comes on things. He'll come on revival. He'll do other things. But you personally cannot get any more of the Holy Spirit than what you had, because, because you did not get little teeny-weeny Holy Spirit when you were born again. You got all the Holy Spirit when you were born again. Okay? So the Holy Spirit and your spirit became one spirit. All right? And the whole journey in life is to, to allow yourself to be in his presence and to ask him to invade your, your life, to invade your mind, your will, your emotions, your soul with his love, with his light, with his truth. And in so doing, he is filling you with him. See, it's not mystical kind of thing. It's, it's a real life thing that happens because in your time with God, you ask him to invade your darkness with his life. And you say, Spirit, invade me. And guess what happens when that happens? Sing songs, la, 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 hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. You know what? This is going to sound so silly, but when this happens in your life, when you flourish by you contemplating God, when you flourish because you contemplate what it means to be his child, when you flourish because you contemplate what it means to walk in love, when you flourish because you've contemplated what it means to let the light overcome your darkness, and when you flourish because you've contemplated what it means to be filled with the Spirit, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a lightness of you. Yeah, all right, yeah. You know, you're, going to, you're going to have a light step. You're going to be free because you're going to be singing songs. You're going to be, there's going to be happiness coming out of you, joy coming out of you, peace coming out of you. Not because you're trying to manufacture anything, because it just happens spontaneously. No one has to tell me to be faithful to my wife. I adore this woman. I love her with all my heart. I've loved her for the last 25 years of my life. And through all the struggles we've had, no one's had to tell me to be faithful. Because I know her. I desire her. I want her. She and I contemplate each other. She and I live life together. We open our heart to one another. And so I don't have to, I'm not forced to do that. Same way, when you, if you want to flourish in life, contemplate God. If you want to flourish in life, contemplate what it means to be a child of His. If you want to flourish in life, contemplate what it means to walk in love. If you want to flourish in life, contemplate what it means to let light invade your darkness. If you want to flourish in life, contemplate what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Would you pray with me, please? God, that was, that was just a lot of words. And um, 
I know words mean nothing if we don't act on them. Um, God, we want to say we adore you. Um, We love you. We long for deeper intimacy with you and closeness with you. And um, God, we want to flourish in you. We don't want to manufacture. We don't want to... We, we, we don't want to be... We truly want to be men and women of the Spirit that allows your light, your love, and your life to flow through us. Help us to flourish. Help us to be whole. Help us, help us, God. We love you. And God, we want to sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, and we want to just be filled with laughter and joy And thank you for your goodness. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.